0: Look at Romans chapter 5 and we're going to start reading at verse 1. Now you got it. And I'm going to make this statement. Our faith for anything has to have a foundation that it can build upon. Now we know faith comes by hearing the word, but it has that word has to have a foundation that keeps it stable. And sometimes, say sometimes, we miss the foundation trying to develop faith and there's a foundation so without this foundation our faith is unable to expand or mature and it, you ever seem like you keep running in circle by the time you use just faith on this one and you know it's kind of like when you clean your house and if you don't stay uh, on top of stuff look like you're running in a circle and you're right back you say i just thought all of this over there. and that's because you weren't maintaining Can I get an amen? See, I, I, got, I got issues in my house right now because I didn't maintain. When I, when I get before the Lord, sometimes I let stuff go. And that's okay. I make it up. He make me up. Like, we all good. You don't have to see it. As long as my front room's okay, you okay. Because most of the stuff I'm talking about is in my bedroom. You ain't going in there no way. So don't worry about it. That's between me and the Lord. We working it out. But you see what I'm saying? That's maintaining. That means I am mindful of something continuously. And that's the foundation that your faith needs to expand and mature. So everything that we attempt to believe rests on this being addressed and solidified within us. Are you at Romans 5? Let's begin reading at verse 1. Therefore being justified by what? We're justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, see, these are foundations I'm talking about. You'd be amazed at how many people that are born again still question their their, their own uh, spiritual life, whether or not they're born again sometimes. You'd be amazed. Somebody listening, even if those in this room don't need it, somebody in this room might need it, but you're going to learn something this morning. By whom also we have access by faith. said so I have access by faith. Now, it's by faith through into his grace. So now I got faith into his grace. Now, this is a foundational thing that I must be aware of continuously. I got access by faith into his grace. It'll hit, you, it'll hit you in just a minute. Because I'm going to teach later on and not in this lesson. But there are laws that you don't even have to pray about if you just obey. And we made being a Christian, very difficult because this principle we don't maintain. And not only so, look at verse 3, but we glory in tribulation, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience, experience. So that means you shouldn't be crying and moaning when you're going through stuff, right? Because you know you're not in it permanently. All right. He said. He says that patience, experience, experience, hope, and hope make it not a shame. So you're not supposed to be ashamed when you're going through stuff. hmm Because the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Then, you know, if you're struggling with that, that's a foundational principle to help keep you solid. Mm. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one, I got my real Bible this morning, die. Yet, adventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, these are things you got to be maintaining. That when you were no good, no count, couldn't do no better, the devil had you in, under his control, Christ died for you in advance before you ever showed up. See, when you're going through stuff, these are the things you have to know. hmm or the devil going to make your situation look like it is horrendous. And it's so big that God can't hardly fix it. Because you are forgetting the foundation of your faith. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Oh, that's going to kick out somebody that think like we're going through the tribulation time. Why would God say this and then carry me through the tribulation? He said, I'm saved from wrath. You can't listen to tell you we're going through the, the seven-year tribulation. We're not in it yet. Oh, it's a little tight out there for those that don't know God, but we're not in tribulation. He said, we've been saved from that. Whoa, see, these are foundational things that must be maintained. Why? Because your faith depends on these. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So now we've been saved by his life, right? Because we're living unto him. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom ye have now received the anoint atonement. Okay, so we've we've been cleansed from sin. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men. So we see that we got this sentence that he's going back and showing you where you came from. We had a sentence of death, but now the sentence has been removed. Why? Look, go down to verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. You've been justified if you're born again. Ooh, Jesus. For as by as one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. See, you're righteous because of what Jesus did, not because of what you did. Mm. So you don't have to uphold your righteous place. You just gotta submit. Because you're already righteous. Woo, Jesus. Ah, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So there's nothing you could have done as a sinner that grace didn't cover. So stop letting the devil beat you over over the head about your past. You got to see, these are things that we need to understand. I know it sounds simple because y'all been taught a lot here in this church. But I got to help somebody because somebody need to hear this. Ooh, Jesus, hallelujah. Now go to the sixth chapter and go over to verse four. Hmm. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. He said there has been a divine switch a rule. Something took place. You died When Jesus died. Because he stood in the place of every man, past, present, and future. And every man that will receive him, he said, if you receive me, then you can take my life and live like me. Because you don't live anymore. You just died. You got to know your past, you're dead. Oh, does that mean... I'm going to tell you, where, we're going to see, see where the situation. He says, look, he's going to keep right explaining it. I love this about Apostle Paul because he explains it <laughs> kind of like my husband and my son. They're going to say it to you a hundred ways, a hundred times, sometimes to your annoyance. You know what I'm saying? But they do it anyhow because they want to make sure you got the issue. You know, and that's the way Apostle Paul was. You know, my, hus- my husband was really, really stickler. But watch this. Verse 5, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So who am I supposed to remind myself of that I look like? I look like Jesus. I look just like him. I act just like him. I talk just like him. And things respond to me. See, how many of y'all see? I told y'all should have kept those affirmations. Where do you think I got it from? He says, knowing this, somebody need to highlight that, because there's a knowing. He said, there's a knowing that must take place. That my old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. So he says, There's a knowing that my old man has already died. I don't owe him nothing. Mm. I I hear somebody going like, okay. See, the temptation is not an indication that you're still walking in the dead life. It means you're actually walking in new life and the devil trying to get you to give him access He says, knowing this, look at verse 7. For he that is dead is free from what? So a dead man can't lie. A dead man can't commit adultery. Dead people don't steal. Dead men don't have any responses to the issues of life. Because they can't even talk. They're dead. <laughs> oh... Oh, dead men don't talk. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. That's key. You got to know that the death took place in Christ, not outside of Christ. You were already dead outside of Christ. Okay. Knowing, say knowing. Look at verse 9. Say knowing. Say knowing. Say it again. Knowing. You see, there's a knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death have no more dominion over him. Oh, if it doesn't have it over him, guess who else it doesn't have over? Death doesn't have it over me. I can't die no more. I'm already dead. You can't, you can't kill a dead man. Hmm. So what's the issue we have? Let's keep reading. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, say in the same way. Because that's what likewise means. Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead. He says, You better start thinking that you're dead. In the same way that Christ died, he says, you better know that that's the way you died. And any implications that the devil have against you, and try to make it seem like it's current, it's not legal because you're dead. A dead man can't commit sin. Well, who was that that did that so-and-so-and-so? We're, hold on. Don't jump the gun. Say so don't jump the gun. Hmm. Look at verse four. I mean, verse 12. Let, let means don't allow it. Allow not sin. Therefore reign in your mortal what? Okay, so we still got the same house. So what died? No, what died? The old spirit, you. And this is where the conflict comes in. Because we don't know that the old spirit man died. He's not alive anymore. But you still got the same house. You know, there used to be a song, I looked at my hands and my hands look new. I looked at my feet. No, you got the same hand, the same feet, same head, same body shape. Before you got born again. He says, now he's given us something that we must know. That I must keep my body in control. Who's going to do that? The spirit man. Because now you're new. You're brand new. You're a brand new spirit. And you got power and dominion over the flesh. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. He says... Don't allow sin to reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. So that means there's there's a knowing. So when I'm, the way the Lord showed it to me, whenever evil shows up, good is always present. And that means I have a choice. When I was a sinner, I had no choice. As a believer, you have a choice. Man, you better hear this. And it's the choice you make that determines how your flesh responds. Watch what he says. He told us, don't let it rain in your mortal body. That means you you should do something about it. Neither year your members. He said, don't loan your members out as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Now, how do I loan? Because if I keep having these uh, high-energy discussions, we're going to say arguments, you know. That means I'm loaning out my instruments. And I, you know what? That's a quick decision. As quick as that argument started, somebody decided to do it. It looked like it was just all of a sudden, it blew up. No, you decided to argue. And you so sophisticated, you didn't know there was in that split second. And you chose the auger. Oh, I'm helping you. And Jesus said through Apostle Paul, "Quit loaning your instruments, your mouth, your hands, your feet, your eyes, your ears, your tongue. Quit loaning them out to sin." Mm. You know, I had I had one of these uh, Christ moments the other day. Last Sunday we at church, and I'm driving off my son. Well, actually, he drove the car home for me, and he said, "Mama, do you realize you still got 22 stickers on your decals on your car?" Because he usually changed all that stuff for I me. Mean, I don't even think about it as a rule. And he said, "Well, I didn't think about it. I'm thinking, well, I must have got the decals somewhere. I know I paid stuff." And when I had the title transferred from my husband's name into my name, I thought they had given me everything I needed, but apparently they didn't. It's a good thing he nor I got stopped because my name is not. When it wasn't even in the system as owning the car, even though I had a title. And I'm standing there, and I done paid all that money out when I went to transfer the title, paid for registration, and the person did not complete the job and they left everything in my husband's name. And he, they had expired his title because there was a paper on there that said he's deceased. So literally, I was driving a stolen car. <laughs> and the lady said, that's part of the process. She should have given you a rest. If I had not had that document of the title, when I paid for it to be transferred, i had a problem trying to get that car. So now, if you go out there, I got 30 day tags on my car. Now guess what? The good thing is, I told Lassana, look, I've been wearing this license plate a long time. She said, well, I don't know if we can give you the same, the same uh, letters and stuff. I say, oh yeah, you better do it. Mary standing there, I said, okay, it's gonna work. And they went in the system and they said, Oh, okay, got my same title, my same letters. Get a new license plate, which I needed because they were faded. <laughs> but do you see? But I could have acted ugly in there. I'm going like, I told Mary, I said, you see, and I paid all that money when I came in here. Now I got to pay it again. So I had a moment that I could have acted out. But what would that have done? The split second. I could feel the heat. But the splits, I'm going like, uh. <laughs> uh. I said, praise the Lord in the house. And I told her, I started talking to the young girl that's waiting on me, and I said, I said, God is good. And left it like that. Because had I responded, and I'm going like, she said, well, we don't even have your name in the system. I'm in the system now. Woo. See, you're going to have those opportunities. And I, you can loan your, but see, everything you do that you respond to affects your faith. Because you are faith creation, and you got to know that about yourself. Everything in your life is hinged on how you believe, how you do stuff, because faith is affected by it. He says, <laughs> look, at, look at verse Thirteen again. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Now how can you be alive from the dead and dead at the same time? Because he's talking about spirit. Mm. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God, for sin shall not have dominion over who, over me. For I am not under the law, but I'm under grace. What law am I am no longer under? The law of sin and death. I'm not living under that law anymore. Therefore, I have no dictates coming from that realm anymore. It has no legal right to speak to me. It has no legal right to tell me how to live. Because I am totally detached from that system. See, you got to know this when you're in, your, in the crossroads of making decisions. I don't need the world. The world needs me. Mm. Go over to uh, chapter 7. I told you we were going to read a little bit this morning. Start with verse 1. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law have dominion over man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So how many of you know that if, if your husband's still living, you can't have a second husband? How many of y'all really know that? And I society today, you know, you got a little bit of every little freaky stuff, but you know, uh-uh. The Bible says you can't have another husband or a wife if you got one living. That's a law for all y'all believing people who shagging up, calling that person your husband. Y'all know. You got a lot of that going on in the church. And you sit there every Sunday and they come and smile and, and because they stay there long enough, they get to do stuff in the house of God and they're not even married. they like the woman at the well. And Jesus said, go get your husband. And the truth came out. And Jesus said, you told the truth. You don't have one. And the ones, all the ones you had before, you ain't got them no more. You don't have five husbands. Do you not know, see, in that mind of God, when you sleep with a person, you just became one flesh. See, that's the law. And we for people fornicate like, like it's going out of style. Mm-hmm. Now you know why they're so messed up when they get to marriage. And they don't feel like they need to be married anymore because they can get a partner for free. I'm trying to help some women today because y'all got to get some sense, girl. You got to get some sense. Get some sense. He'll, he'll, he'll straighten up and be right if you put a demand on him or else send him on his way. That's a person you don't need that won't honor you. All right. That's that's a freebie. You ain't got to pay me for that one. So then if, while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. You can't change this law. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law so that she is no no adulteress, though she be married to another man. That's the only way that God ordained originally. The only way you can get out of a marriage in the eyes of God is there be adultery or death. There's only two reasons God gives in the Bible for you having a divorce. I'm talking to believers. I ain't talking to the world. Y'all do what you want to do. But to those that say they name the name of Jesus, you don't have the right to divorce your spouse because y'all got irreconcilable differences. You can't find that in the Bible. You're supposed to work it out. You should have been at the marriage renovation conference. But I know y'all trying to find it, can't you? Uh uh Go to the website. It'll tell you what to do to get it. Hallelujah. He says, look at verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another. He says, now that you're dead, you have a right, you can legally marry Christ. Because you're dead to the world. Y'all been missing this all the time. See, he said, because you're dead to sin, now you can legally be married to Christ. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Mm. He says, look, let's read it again. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye also were become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit, Unto God. Now he's saying there ought to be some productivity because now you're married to a new person. No need to get married again and you do know nothing about your life change. Mm. Well, and said, ouch, it's okay. See, when getting married should be an improvement, not a demotion. If you're not going to improve me, don't bother me. Not that I'm interested, but don't bother me. Because the Bible doesn't require me to be married to be happy. (laughs) He doesn't require me to be married to be blessed and prosperous. So if you are not on the same page that I am, don't bother me. See, that's the way you need to see yourself. Tell the devil, you're not on the same page I am, don't bother me. I don't have to listen to you. I'm married. You see my ring? I'm married. I already got a husband. I have a shepherd who takes excellent care of me. He loves me unlimitedly. I don't have to consider nothing. He'll never cheat on me. He'll never fail me. I have a great lover. See, you got to learn. This is what he's saying. Mm Mm-hmm. For well, when you were in the flesh, the motions of sins, which were by the law, did work in your members to bring forth fruit unto death. He said, while you were out there, you were doing your, those dances. He said, you were working unto death. You were doing all the motions that sin told you to do. You were lying, stealing, cheating. You were hanging out. You were drinking. You were fornicating. You were doing all that stuff. Those are fruit unto death. He says, now it's time to get some fruit unto righteousness. But now we are delivered from that law of sin and death, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Mm. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Huh. Watch this. Go ahead and look at verse... Mm. Going down to verse 7. Might as well read it. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? No. He said the law, the law not the problem. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. He says until the law made me aware of some things, I didn't know I was sinning. Hmm. So laws are good. But look at verse 8. But, somebody say but. Sin, taking an occasion by the commandment, it took the commandment and wrought in me. In other words, it it made me desire what I said I was free from. Because that's the way sin works. Wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, for without the law, sin was dead. The law, it was the law was dead, the law was dead, for I was alive without the law once. In other words, there were no restrictions before the law came. But when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. Oh Jesus. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death." In other words, he said, "Now I got this conflict of interest. I got good and evil. Pulling for me at the same time. And it's a choice, a choice. And based on your foundation, you're gonna make a right choice or you're gonna make a wrong choice. See, this is why you gotta show up your foundation. I am I'm already accepted in the Lord. We go back and read Romans 5 again. Go back and see that you're not you're not condemned anymore. we'll keep reading. Watch this. He says, for sin taking occasion, verse 11 again. By the commandment deceived me, and by it slew me. It brought me down. Why? Because I yielded my members to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Wherefore, the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid, but sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. He says, somebody got exposed sin, for we know that the law is spiritual. But I am carnal, sold under sin. He's talking about a person that's still living under sin. He said, this is how I used to be. For that which I do, I allow not for for what i would that i do let's go back and read again for that which i do i allow not for what i would that do i not but what i hate that do i it's like eating that last piece of cake and you're gonna hate yourself that you feel good going down but you hate yourself later on he said you do what you don't like <laughs> You do why? Because now you got a conscience and you have choice. And depending on who you listen to, you'll respond. Mm. All he's saying, you got choice now. He says, now then it is no more I that do it. But sin that dwelleth in me. He said, he said, there are some lust in me somewhere that's going on for something that I haven't put under arrest. It's in my members. Say, it's in my members. It's not in my spirit. That problem is in your members, not in your spirit. Because your spirit cannot sin. It came from God. Mm. for I know that in me that is in my flesh see dwell in no good thing for to will is present with me but how to perform that which is good I find that he, he says you know that's the one thing about being once you've tasted sin this is why God did not want them to have tasted it in the garden because the impact it has on your flesh once you've fornicated your body craves for it more once you lied, if you don't do something about it, you can become a chronic liar where you begin to leave your, believe your own lies. I've known people lie so strategically that they believe their own lie. So, you know, I, I, one person I said, man, I don't know if their birthday right. They lie so bad. They might be telling you to d- a lie about their birthday. You know, back in the day, you know, women didn't want you to know their age. They said they were 40 for at least 20 years. <laughs> and then nobody questioned it. You know, speaking of that, here's a little side joke. I watch YouTube. Hey, this guy got this one. It's a black lady. She all looking tight and fit, and I'm, I'm trying to follow. They say she's 77, but she was born in 1955. I said, now, you know, y'all lying. And y'all know she's lying, right? So don't look at that one. She can't be 77 born 19. They can't count. <laughs> you do the math. The oldest she can be is 68. So she done cheated y'all out of seven, nine years, making y'all think she's nine years older than she really is. Man, she may not even be 68. So you got to be careful when i look when it just caught my attention i'm going like that lady ain't you no know, 77 and born 1955 see if he had never said it i would have said, oh she looked really good to be 77 years old but he talking for her she shouldn't have let him talk <laughs> but at any rate he said and i'm going like okay that's messed the whole thing up click go to the next one watch this still in chapter seven he says uh He says, look at verse 18. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, he says, I don't know yet. I find that. He says, I don't know how to do the good that I'm supposed to do. For the good that I would do not, but the evil which I do not, that I do. Why? Because there's a training that he got to submit to. Because then he got to undo what the enemy has done in the flesh. That requires training. Do you know a lot of believers don't feel like they need to be taught? That they can just study all by themselves and, and get their own revelations and come away with some kind of doctrine they make up and live. You know, I, I be, I'm going to get so disgusting that I'm, I'm about ready to turn off a lot of the stuff. But then I, then I go to YouTube and I'm going like, and the, the, the lady said, yeah, I believe in Jesus. And then and next then thing you know, she grabbed and time, let me pour my wine. And then she get a wine and a glass. And they say a whole line of cuss words. And I'm going like, you're a poor representation if you really are born again. I wouldn't tell nobody about Jesus until I fix my mouth. Just because they say they know Jesus don't mean they know Jesus. they could be that chronic liar. And somebody have persuaded them that they've been going to church all their life. They just religious. That don't mean they know Jesus. They don't know Jesus any more than no Bill, Bill Gates. They know about Bill Gates. They don't know Bill Gates. And because I can say his name don't mean I know him. Right. It says, because if you know Jesus, There's some change in your life. Things change when you know Jesus. And he'll start with your mouth. He says, look at verse 20. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. It's still talking about not you the spirit man, but the what? The flesh. I find then a law that when I would do good, Evil is present with me. So here that validates what I said. This is what the Lord showed me. Whenever you're dealing with something, whenever evil shows up, good is present for you to make the right choice. Hmm. Because ain't no temptation come your way that God has not already provided a way of escape. You got to choose the escape. These are things we must know and maintain. Why? Your faith hinges on this. In order for your faith to grow and develop, it hinges on you knowing this. Because if you don't choose right, it's going to impact your faith. It's going to be difficult to believe in a situation that you chose wrong. Man, I'm telling you. Not impossible, but it's difficult. And most people don't wait They wait till they get in the problem before they start believing. When this is the way you should be living. Look at verse 24. Look at verse 23. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law in my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Where is the sin? In my members. I just told you that. It's not in you, the spirit man. It's in your members. And who you yield your members to, that's who's owning them right then. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Going down to chapter, you know, I love chapter eight. There is therefore now, noun. say now, noun. no condemnation. See, this is another foundational thing you must maintain to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Why? Because the devil knows that if you fall and have an occasion to make uh, or to sin or to fall, he's coming back with condemnation to make sure that you don't ever recover. But you got to know there is no condemnation in you, there's no penalty held against you anymore. Get on up, ask God to forgive you and forgive yourself. Stop dragging yourself through the mood. Because you're you're the biggest problem. God says, okay, I forgive you. God forgot it just that quick. And you run there. Lord I'm so sorry, Lord I'm so sorry. And I mean, you know, there's a moment, I wish I hadn't done that, I wish I hadn't done that. I shouldn't have said that. Okay, how long are you going to say that? You going to say that the next week when you could be saying something different? What could you be saying right that would keep you from being in that position again? Now you know why I have an affirmation. I got a notebook that I keep all my affirmations in. And I, I put most of them on my cell phone. And I said if they, if they monitor my phone, they're going to get the word. You can pull that up and learn something. Y'all laughing at me, but I'm just as, I'm just as honest as I can be. Jesus have made me free from the law of what sin and death. Woo, glory! I know we're going to come for what the law could not do. What law? The law of sin and death, in that it was weak through the flesh. God sent his own son in the likeness of sin for flesh and for sin condemned it in the flesh. Whoa. Mm. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after. See, he's talking about who walk not after. That means I'm choosing. I'm choosing. But after the spirit. Say, I'm, I'm making a choice. So when I... Come in agreement with what the devil says about me. I made a choice to agree. If you keep saying I'm sick, I got a headache, I feel, you know, uh, I mean, it's you know, I know sometimes you have to express certain things, but you know, you can't keep talking like that endlessly. Because the devil gonna use it by by occasion, he's gonna take advantage of it. And before you know it, you, you, you got all kinds of stuff going on in your body, and you don't know how you got to that point. Your mouth brought you there because you wouldn't say what God said about you. Every time you got to a crossroad, you agreed with what the devil said. The devil says, Now you know you really are sick, and you really do feel bad. Why don't you just go ahead and fess up? Yes you say, well, let me see, let me see. In that second, if you don't decide something real quick, the devil has the advantage. He's building a fortress. And if you're not careful, a stronghold will be developed. So much to the place that you will fight to defend your illness. You will fight and defend your right to be sick you will fight and defend your right to be broke. That's how strong the stronghold can become. Because we won't choose life. And everybody's at their cross, so I don't care where you are right now, whatever you are thinking of doing, there is good and evil always present because we live in a dual kingdom universe. There's a kingdom of darkness. There's a kingdom of light of, our, of Jesus Christ. And if you don't choose life, death is all you have left. You don't have a third, fourth option. We've been commanded to live a life of faith towards God. Watch this. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do pay attention to the things of the flesh. And they that are after the spirit, they pay attention to the things of the spirit. For to be kindly minded, that means flesh rule minded, is death. That's the only, See, you can't change this is the law. If you're attending to what the flesh is telling you all the time, he says you can't get nothing but death out of that. That conversation is only going to leave you in death. It, it's no, it's, you can't bring that into the kingdom of light and try to make it fit because the kingdom of light rejects it. It won't work. See, my car key won't fit your car. It wasn't designed to. They're two different cars. When are we going to see this about the Bible? We got two different systems running. And what you choose matters. And it starts with your words. Why? Because faith is counting on you saying what God says so it can build. So it can expand. So it can mature and grow you into sonship. Man. He says, for to be called in mind is death, but to be spiritually mind is life and peace. Oh. We got two different results. Because the kind of mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. See, you can't bring that law of death over here and think it's going to submit to the law of God. You can't, they don't work together. It never will and never has. It says, what should, Let's read it. You read it yourself, read it with me. Read it out. Because the kind of man is enmity against God, for it is not subject. That means it is not submitted to the law of God. Neither indeed can it be. It is impossible. It's hewn out of a death system. And it can't, do, it can't come into the kingdom of light and life and produce So this is why you don't get the results that you think you should get. Because when when it's hard in the kingdom of light, you start talking like the world again. And then when the world break you down, then you want to run over here and start talking like a Christian again. And according to the word, he says, God says, "Mm, I see you. I don't have no need for you. (coughs) Time to vomit. Get you out of my eyesight. See, y'all think God playing. You ought to thank God for Jesus, because if it wasn't for grace, you'd have been spit out a long time ago, because you're too wishy-washy. You're either all the way saved, or you're all the way dead. Either way, you're going to have to die in order to live. <laughs> I'd rather die to live than die and go to hell, because either way, you're going to die. That's something you got to know. You got to die to the old person and stop loaning out your instruments to the devil. He's not your boss man anymore. Watch this. Look at verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also Quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth. In other words, he'll give your body life. He'll cause your body to do works of righteousness when you yield to him. Now he'll start doing good unto the benefit of the kingdom. Amen? Did you learn anything this morning? Yes. Hallelujah.